0: It's your host Star Erica. Today we're going to talk about losing a child and also what does stillbirth look like. For me losing a child felt like like an indescribable type of pain. It's a different type of hurt. It's not the same type of hurt of losing your sibling. It's not the same type of hurt of losing a parent or an uncle or a cousin. Um, it's different because it's kind of like one of those hurts where it's like a part of you is really gone. Like No one bonded with that child the way you did. No one felt the kicks. No one felt the nausea. No one was sick. No one couldn't hardly breathe. No one was carrying those heavy legs that were filled with fluid. For me, losing a child felt like, if I would say the end of the world, it felt like the end of the world. Um, Mainly because you really feel like you're losing a part of you. Like No one felt the hormones and all of that kind of stuff. So when you lose your child, especially as an infant, like, Or at no, like, really at no age is it really going to be okay. But I feel like when you lose, like, your baby before you can get to meet them, you have, like, no real closure because you didn't even get to see your child alive. You didn't even get to see your child's, like, heart or chest beating. You didn't get to see that. So for me, losing a child was more like losing a part of myself that I fought so hard to keep alive, Um, especially with my situation, being that my son's prognosis was like he had a 90% chance of survival. But, of course, no one really has a 100% chance. But, I mean, 90% makes him less than 100. So it's like there's some doubt. There's 10% doubt. And I really didn't think I was going to be in that 10%. So that was already one thing. And if that wasn't enough, like – stillbirth I feel like people don't know what stillbirth looks like so if your child is in the womb over six hours or something like that um the top layer of skin it gets very very it's very thin and it starts to separate from the actual under layer of skin so whether you push your baby out or have a c-section you risk the chance of tearing that skin that outside skin so a lot of stillborns come out with ripped skin Um, My son's skin was actually ripped from his neck down to his groin. Um, His full diaphragm and chest was peeled back like a banana. His arms were peeled back and his eyelids were peeled off. So imagine the sight. Now, he did have skin on his face. He did have skin on most parts of his arms, his legs, but his full chest, his one of his arms and his eyes were peeled off. Like the skin was peeled off. So imagine the sight that you see. I feel like um, people don't really know what it looks like to have a stillborn child. Um, Sometimes if they are born quick enough, so if if they pass away and they're born within two hours or something like that, you have the less chance of their skin macerating after they passed away. So when a baby passed away, you kind of want to get them out as quick as you can. For me, I did not want a C-section. I wanted to go ahead and get my son to the finish line. I wanted to push him out. So I opted into pushing him out. With pushing him out, the friction of him coming out of the uh, vaginal canal um, assisted in his skin peeling. Um, He was very fragile. He came out lifeless. So therefore, he was very wobbly. Very, like, I mean, literally his arms and everything felt like water. Um, His hand, everything was just lifeless um he was five pounds 12 ounces so he was almost six pounds he was a heavy boy for 35 weeks five days um and I felt like when some people see pictures they look at him as if he was like a 20-week fetus or 12 or 15-week fetus because he has the red aspect like some parts of him look like red it looks like he was underdeveloped when actuality he was fully developed the only reason he has the red showing versus a 20-week fetus the 20-week fetus their skin is not fully there his skin was there it just peeled back so now you're pretty much seeing like that underlying, that underlying skin, um, kind of like when you get like a second degree burn. That first degree burn, that, that first degree is off, and so now that second layer, that's where we were at. It wasn't over his whole body, but it was majority of it. So maybe like 60% of his skin was peeled. So with that, um, I don't know what I was afraid of, but I didn't pick him up. I couldn't hold him. Um, and that is something that some people that were not there did not understand. The first thing they did was judge me. The fact that I lost my baby and I didn't hold him. I couldn't hold him. Um, I just couldn't. I wasn't afraid of what he looked like because essentially outside of the peeling, he was very handsome. He looked just like his dad. He looked just like my daughter. So it's not like he looked terrible, um, but something in me couldn't maybe what if I would have helped him and not been able to give him up what if I would have helped him and and dropped him and now I have a baby with that just fell and now I really killed him even though he's gone like now he didn't fell out my arms because he's so wobbly I can't hold him he's like water um I everything ran through my head what if I also when they was holding him his head kept going back so his mouth would pop open um one thing that's not talked about with stillborns they leak blood out of their nose out of their ears out of their eye out of their eyes out of their mouth they're leaking blood out of the holes that are on their body so imagine like I kept having to like dab the blood from his nose and I couldn't even do that initially like my mother-in-law helped me a lot with doing that so Imagine like if I would have him on me, his mouth would have been popped open and like blood would have been on my skin. Like what would that have done for me? Would it have caused me more trauma? Would I have now been afraid? What would that have done? So I feel like that's not talked about. I feel like, you know, the first thing we see is all the mothers that lose their children that are actually strong enough that, you know, to hold their baby and bond with their baby. I was not strong enough. What about us? What about those moms that couldn't do it? We're not less than because we could not. We wish that we could. We wish I was. I wish I was strong enough. I don't have regrets because I did not hold him because I didn't want to. I wanted to. I just physically could not pick him up. So I feel like losing a child for me was a mixture of, I felt like if I didn't have the faith that I did and God was not within me the way he is, I would have fell by the wayside. I would have been the, the person that was completely just like, I can't do this. I can't do it. But I was not. Um, In fact, I was stronger than I thought. And I felt like every bit of strength that God could give me, he gave me on the day that I had to push my son out. Um, After his funeral is really when it hit me. I don't know if I went into a state of shock and I just went into like a trauma blocking part where I don't really remember like us, like I remember having him being in a room and then I remember like getting transported to the after room like the postpartum room we were far away from everyone else all the other moms and babies so we can grieve and cry and do whatever we need to do but I don't remember like being in that room I only remember like having him being there and then giving him away I don't remember like the moments of having him all day and I don't know why I feel like I want to remember I really do I wish I could like I wish I had pictures during that time but I look back in my phone I don't even have anything in my phone so maybe like God was like protecting me from remembering because it would hurt because I don't know like how bad it would hurt if I remembered that part so that in itself like having those trauma blocking moments where you don't even remember every part of everything you don't remember everything everyone said you don't remember that kind of stuff and then also um for me like I don't know if it, I don't know if it was like the fact that because I had him two hours away, I had him in Saint Petersburg, um, so I had him in Saint Petersburg, Florida. I had to travel back home, so I had to essentially leave his body there, the funeral home, I had to go down there to get him, bring him back down here home, and then. Um, Oh, it's a lie. And then um, I just knew that I would see him again. Like I knew that I would see him for his wake. I knew that I would see him for his funeral. So maybe I felt that I would see him again. So I didn't really let it bother me as much as it could have. But after putting him in the hole, it did something else. Like I wasn't as strong and I know I remember asking God like praying during the week like after because a lot happened like I said watch my docu-series to actually go over what happened Um, but a lot happened and I wasn't able to fully like grieve properly because I was also like battling health-wise. So like I said like it was just a bunch of like trauma blocking and a bunch of just like protecting myself by every means necessary Um, and that for me is like my experience of like what it felt like to lose a child or what stillbirth looked like it's not a beautiful experience it's it's what it is um everybody thinks about oh how how beautiful it is it's not really all that beautiful let me not the experience itself is beautiful but what it looks like is not always beautiful to the eye and I feel like I want to prepare mothers that maybe are about to have a stillborn or maybe they experience a stillborn let them know like I understand you because like what the world makes everything look like it makes it look like it's a beautiful experience and we have to make it beautiful. Um, but it's not always that. Sometimes it's an ugly experience. Sometimes it's horrible. It's hideous. It's not cute. It's not nice. It hurts. And we have to get through it because we have to. Life still goes on. Life changes in the blink of an eye, but it will not stop. You will continue to stay in that moment and never really fully get to where you're trying to get to because sim- like simply because you're stuck. You can't be stuck in time. That's why I say suddenly still, like suddenly everything was still like my son was gone. I was literally there and I was there in that moment for months. I had to like go through postpartum depression and everything that postpartum had to offer, the hormones and everything else. Also healing a body, healing a body without a baby and grieving the loss of my baby. Like I don't I, don't, I really never thought I would be back. I never thought I would be. I, would, I didn't think I would recover. I didn't think that I was ever I, I thought I was going to die. I thought that I was going to die either from all the complications that I had postpartum or from me actually either, I'm not going to lie, letting mental health, depression and all that take me out. Or I was just going to like not wake up. I felt like that. I felt like I was not going to wake up. I feel like that in itself is when I knew I needed to pray harder because there's no way I'm meant to die like that. There's no way. There's no way. So... I had to really like dig deep within that faith, that mustard seed faith that I had within me so that I can get where God was trying to take me so I can find the purpose in the midst of the pain so that I could find and figure out what it is that I'm meant to do because God, you did not bring me all the way here to leave me where I'm at. Like, you did not bring me all the way here to like drop me off and be like, goodbye. Like, no, 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 come on back, sir. You got me to this point. You need to tell me how to get out of here or get out of here or get through it or endure it. So instead of praying for God to like, make it all go away because it's not going to go away. I start praying for God to give me the strength to endure while I'm in the valley. Cause we know we got to wait on God and waiting on God is not an easy task. Like, I don't like waiting on God. I'm not going to lie. I love him. I trust him and all that stuff. And I know he has my best interest at heart and he has the plans for me and all that stuff. But trusting God and actually waiting on him is like, it's hard. It's very hard. And I feel like people try to make it seem like it's so easy and it's not. So for me, I had to really dig deep. Like, God, please just help me while I'm in the middle of it so that I don't lose my mind while I'm in the middle of it. Like help me to endure, help me, give me the strength that I need to get through what it is I'm going through. God, help me to be normal again. I was rebuking and bonding everything that was in my home. I'm opening doors. Lord, purify my home, get the anxiety, the depression, the procrastination, the laziness, the doubt, the fears, the worries, get it out of here. I'm, I'm praying over my house. I ain't got no oil, but I'm praying I'm opening windows, doors, like whatever spirit that is not of you. God, get it out, get it out because I cannot live in here with them. Like, they ain't paying no bills or nothing, God. You know how my mortgage and stuff is. Like, ain't no way they finna be sitting in my house, like, residing and causing ca- havoc and chaos in here. And I'm finna just let them live in here for free. No, God, get them up out of here. Because me and them can't live in this house together. Like, I wanted my house to be peace. And it was not peace for a very long time. And because it was not peace within me, there was not peace around. There was not no peace around me. And then there was not no peace nowhere. Like, I couldn't find it. So guess what? Everything followed the unpeaceful me like marriage, my me as a mom, me as a person, me as a friend, me. The peace wasn't within me no more. So everything around me felt it. And it's like, if they didn't feel it because they wasn't near me, I literally, like, I felt like I, like, my misery don't like company. So I'm not, I didn't call nobody. I wasn't going, I was in here praying and crying and praying and crying and warfaring. Whoever checked on me, they knew. And whoever didn't, they just didn't know. It was one of those because, like, I feel like I protect my people. I Sometimes I protect people from me. Like, if I know I'm in a miserable place, I don't want other people to be miserable because I'm miserable. I'm not one of those people. That's very selfish. My misery don't like company. So... Since my misery didn't like company, I, I stayed away from everybody. Like, I feel like if I have to protect, like, sometimes I go into protect mechanism, even if I have to protect those that I love from me and my negativity, like I would do that. Um, and I feel like it's, I love that for me because I know that if I'm in a negative place, like I can't let other people be in a negative place with me. I have to get through whatever I'm going through and I know y'all might understand and I know y'all might love me, but this is something that I'm going through and I got to get through that in order to be the best that I can be in your life, however in whatever place I'm in. If I'm your friend, if I'm your mom, if I'm your, your your wife, your your sister, your daughter, I can't be that until I get over whatever it is I'm going through. So I feel like that for me was so important. Like just being out of that element of negative negativity and getting out of that, like getting out of that place knowing that like I had some I had some prayer words praying for me line. Like um Baby, you got to get in that house. You are in that house. And it's like the spirits was in here with me and they was keeping me in here. Because, like, y'all know depression, anxiety, they are some mand- They are some demanding spirits. Like, you're going to be in your bed. You're going to be in your house. Like, They're not letting you go nowhere. You're going to sit here and you're going to dwell. And it's like I had them prayer warriors on the back end. Like, no, you're not. Get out of the house. Get dressed. I remember I would do my makeup. I would start because makeup is really like doing my hair and makeup. Even though I don't need it, I have a lot of hair and it's long. And, I, I, and I'm pretty cute, I think. Um... I make doing my makeup, doing my hair makes me feel good. Like I like that. So I don't really care about people. Oh, you don't need makeup, this and that. I know I don't. And I'm grateful that I don't. However, I like it. I like doing it. I like enhancing my beauties. Like, even if I can't get whatever I'm going on in the inside, I would, I would do my makeup or, I will clutter my house. I mean, I will declutter my house or like throw stuff away or declutter my space. Cause it's like, if I can't declutter my mind, I have to declutter my space. And like, that's what it was like losing my son and like seeing what stillbirth is really like. It's not like you see it on the movies and I ain't gonna lie. New Amsterdam. I got to see what episode it was. I'm going to find it. I'm going to put it below new Amsterdam. I was watching New Amsterdam and they had an episode where, um, a mother had a stillborn baby and she did everything that I did. Everything. And to see me, on TV pretty much lets me know that this is a thing that happens. If they can reenact this, that means that I'm not the only mom and it's pretty, I'm pretty sure it's hundreds of thousands of us that went through stillbirth that did exactly what she did or did exactly what I did just to see that I wasn't the mom. I didn't, I didn't want to keep seeing the moms that was holding their babies. I didn't want to see the moms that was, that was rocking they, and crying over their babies. I want to see the moms that couldn't pick their baby up. I want to see the moms that didn't want their baby out in the room with them, but didn't want their baby close to them. I want to see that mom. Cause that was me. I didn't even want my son right here. I had, it took me an hour like of the doula moving him from there to there, to there, to there, zigzagging so she got him by me. It wasn't no push him out and bring him here. No, 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 no. Get Put him in over there. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I don't know why. And it's okay that I don't know why. I don't even care to want to know why because I, I can't go back in time. I can't go back and hold him. I can't go back and fix him. I was having dreams about him. And in all my dreams, he was born. He was born alive and he passed away in my arms. He was still, still born. And I didn't wake up sad because at least in my dreams, I was able to hold him. And then I had one more dream about him where he was born and he. He got to like, he was like drinking a bottle and like grabbing oxygen, drinking his bottle, grabbing oxygen. He became like three months within like five minutes. Y'all know how dreams go. And the doctor came up to me and said, there's nothing he I could do. There's nothing else. We got to pull the plug. So they started to put a plug, but he wasn't even connected to anything. So I don't even know what they pulled. But I remember looking at him and all the oxygen was going out of his body in my dream. And he was smiling. And I woke up and this time I woke up sad and I'm just like, I don't never wake up sad, having dreams about my son. Like, why am I sad? And I felt like God really gave me that understanding that I was longing for that. That question that everybody asked, would you have rather him pass when he passed or after? God showed me just how much any more time would have hurt because he had his condition. And I felt like God was trying to show me he was going to pass anyway or he was going to have complications or something was still going to happen. So I rather have taken him before you even experienced him before I let you experience him and then break your heart a little deeper, a little further. I feel like God did what he did. He took him at a time when I was ready and whether I realized ready or not, here I come. Like I'm God knew I was ready at that time. He knew any earlier I would have had questions and any later I would have had way more hurt than I did at the time that I had had him. So it's like, does it make me feel better? It does. Cause I feel like that I mean, what a privilege it is to cast our, our burdens upon God and he carried them for us. Like he knows us, he knows us better than we do. So I want you guys to take from today, um, you know, if you're a a mom that lost their child or, you know, you're going through stillbirth, you may have a miscarriage, you might be dealing with infertility, know that, Everything has a plan. If it's meant for you to be a mom or or anything, it's gonna happen. Don't let anybody rush you to have another baby, which we're gonna talk about in the next episode. Don't let nobody rush you into doing something. Don't let nobody make you feel bad because you couldn't do something the way it's supposed to look like. If you couldn't hold your baby, it's okay. If you could, great. I'm so happy that you were able to do that because people like me that wish that we could, wish that I could. You know, if you had to cremate your baby versus burying him, I buried my son. I couldn't. I didn't. The thought of burning him and him actually being gone forever was just a lot so luckily i had family and friends and you know a good enough credit so that i can bury him and it's like i really have found solace in just finding like joking about it it, it might be dark humor but i i'd be like you know dang champ. like if you ain't want to bother you which is my daughter what we call my daughter if you ain't want her to bother you you ain't have to die like i would have just let her not bother you like i would have got her for you like you ain't have to just go like that but that's how I, that's how I, I mean, that's how I kind of keep myself afloat. Just joking about the fact, like having that communication with my son, even though he's not here. I'm just speaking to myself really because he really can't hear me. However, it whatever I need to do to make myself feel better, I'm going to do that. Like everybody not going to understand. People might think you crazy and that's okay. That's okay. But anyways, guys. I just wanted to definitely um, you know, talk about what it feels like to grieve and just grieve in your own way. If you're a poster that post on social media, do that. If you want to post all day, no, and all that, do it. If you don't want... I literally was... A, I'm a person that's very transparent, and I literally got off social media for two months. And I... Like people should have people thought I was dead. People thought I was good and dead because I post everything. So when I did come back, it was major. And I came back in a most strategic way. I knew that people would have questions. So I didn't come back when I was pregnant. I never actually fully announced that I was pregnant. until like maybe my son was like maybe six months gone. Um, I just had a podcast. And if you watch my podcast, I mean, I mean, I had my docuseries. If you watch my docuseries, then you knew. If you didn't watch it, then you didn't know for a while. Um, I never really posted him until months down the line. It took a while, you know, for me to really. But I came out with a docu-series because I knew people would have questions. I'm a social media influencer. I'm a creator. I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. And I'm also trusted and transparent on social media. So I feel like I did owe my audience something. And don't let people make you feel any type of way about that. If you feel like you want to explain to your audience what's going on with you, tell them. If you don't want to tell them nothing, don't. People going to make shady posts. They're going to make shady, shady statuses. Oh, why she all, Why did they record and all this stuff? I remember telling my family and friends, please record, take pictures and everything because I don't know if I'm going to be able to when I have my son. I'm so glad that I did because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have over 400 pictures and videos so I can re- relive those moments that I don't even remember. I have a few. I don't have all the pictures and videos of certain moments and I don't remember. But outside of that, if I didn't have the videos and pictures that I have for my family and friends, I wouldn't remember, I wouldn't remember anything. So Take pictures. And also, if you're a person that don't like taking pictures and stuff, start taking them. Your family and friends going to be gone one day, and that's all you're going to have left is a video or a picture. You might be gone one day, and all your family and friends going to have left of you is a video or a picture. Like, stop with the, oh, I don't take pictures, I'm not cute. Baby... We are living, okay? We are living. We are living and we are all going to go one day. So we just need to just live how we need to live, live our lives on our own terms. Don't let social media make you feel like, oh, oh you posting or this got to be private. Oh, because it's private to you, it ain't private to me. Like I think I, I'm, I'm one of those people like I always say, can't nobody tell my business like me. I don't, I don't have no shame of any, I'm not ashamed of anything because I tell my business. That's what I do that's my thing so anywho guys thank you so much for tuning in to suddenly still episode two stay tuned for episode three again thank you guys make sure you are following me on all platforms star erica on every platform facebook tiktok and youtube and also um you know like i said guys be encouraged know that you are not by yourselves angel mommies we got to stick together but thank you so much for watching have a great one